just beg the question, what has gone wrong with young Hollywood? Honest to God, what is the problem? Juicy sweatsuits, doing lines in the restroom. All y'all dressed to impress who? 20 Hello and welcome to season four of Late Do You Remember This? where we look back on all the stories from Hollywood's best worst decade, the early 2000s. A time in history when America found out that with a trust fund, a sex tape, and a dream, you too could become a star. As always, I'm your host, Dara Lane. In the final storytelling episode of season four, I beg the question, Lay, do you remember when Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen flitted around New York City like two impish sprites who'd left their forest dwelling for a rum springer? A Starbucks cup in one hand and a Marlboro Red delicately wedged between their spindly little fingers. Their antics delighted all the girls and boys who'd flip through Us Weeklies in the waiting room of their orthodontist office. A few years after their walkabout, they retreated back to the tree stump they called home, and now we only rarely see fleeting glimpses of the creatures. It's been so long since they were the pixie princesses of page six that you might wonder if any of it ever really happened at all, or was it merely a fairy tale we told each other over and over until it felt like a memory from a beautiful time long ago. Yes, since the early aughts, the details of Mary-Kate and Ashley's lives have only been sprinkled like breadcrumbs. A bowl of wedding cigarettes here, an emergency COVID divorce there. But it wasn't always that way. Little ones, if you don't remember this magical era when the world was full of endless possibilities and yet you could fit them all in your huge slouchy leather purse that looks more like an overnight bag. Gather round as I spin the tale of Mary-Kate and Ashley, The College Years. We're set to get to school, cause learning is looking fun. I've got a cashmere class, I'm in handbags 101. In 2004, MK and Ash were 17 years old and seniors in high school, set to attend New York University in the fall. Like any other high school student, they toured the campus, took the SATs, and filled out an application. Here they are talking about it on The Oprah Show, an interview that is indisputably early aughts canon. What college you were going to go to and would you be admitted? And... Oh, I mean, you know, we were so nervous and, you know, the whole SAT process, it was just... Yeah, I took my SATs three times. We had tutors for like a year before. Uh And it's, you know, we we were just very stressed. We were just like any other student trying to get in. Will you be able to afford to live off campus? That's always a thing for the first year. (laughs) Yeah. uh, We've actually, our friend, um, a couple of our friends go to NYU and uh, first time we went and uh, to go visit them at their dorms and we're you know we're just like oh yeah we'll go to the dorms and just you know see their rooms and go into the lobby and it's like this whole process about getting upstairs the security is like yeah sorry we need your student ID and you know freaking out and so you know by the time we ended up uh, trying to get upstairs getting up tired dorm all the kids was were in the down lobby. in the lobby uh-huh. so we thought it'd be a smart idea to kind of get a place off off campus. <laughs> also, have you seen the dorm rooms lately? Actually, the NYU 
Sunny dorms weren't, aren't, they're not that bad. They're not they're, that bad. They're right. fine. Yeah. yeah. I prefer my own apartment <laughs> off campus someplace. Yeah. We, yes. Yeah, and are you are you are you anxious about college at all? Are you anxious? I'm so excited. Yeah, I think it's really I think mm -hmm. it is really remarkable that having all that you have and all the potential that you have, and most people are just out to make money, mm -hmm. that you still believe that an education is one of the most valuable things you can have. Yeah. Also, and during our high school, you know, we weren't allowed to take any electives, mm -hmm. and that's kind of like you know what you do when you're in high school and uh -huh. you're growing up, and so. I just feel like this is our time to really explore any mm -hmm. other things that we want to... As for their college essays, Ashley told People Magazine in 2004 that the essay she wrote for her NYU application compared her chaotic life to the abstract painting Number One by Jackson Pollock. She said, quote, Some people look at it as complete mayhem, or just paint splattered on a canvas, and yet there's so much emotion behind it. Some people will never, ever get that. No one knows what it's been like for us, and we don't expect anyone to know. Good, bad, or amazing. But we do expect people to respect the decisions we make. But then, apparently, Mary-Kate told the New York Post, quote, I wrote an essay for my NYU application that compared our lives to a Jackson Pollock painting. You can take from that what you want. Now, did one of those interviewers mistake one twin for the other, or are those two so enmeshed that they applied together in one application as a package deal? My guess is the latter, and honestly, good for them. Application fees are a racket, and if you can finagle a two-for-one, I say go for it. Though, it's not as if they were wasting money on safety school applications. NYU was the only school they applied to because they knew it was the only school for them. They wanted to leave LA, and it didn't hurt that Ashley's boyfriend Matt Kaplan was a football star at Columbia, and MK's boyfriend David Katzenberg, son of Hollywood producer Jeffrey Katzenberg, also went to school on the East Coast in Boston. They applied to NYU early decision, and by the grace of God, they were accepted, announcing their plans to attend in December of 2003. They couldn't wait to move to New York so they could finally strap on their Jan sports and be regular college co-eds. Getting through their senior year was the easy part, but May of 2004 would mark the beginning of a cruel, cruel summer that stood between the twins and orientation week. In a month, the girls would be 18, and every perv in America wouldn't let you forget it. According to the New York Post, at one time, if you typed Olsen Twins Countdown into Google, you'd find 3,600 separate pages that counted the days, hours, minutes, and seconds until their birthday on June 13th, the day when they'd finally be of legal age of consent in all 50 states. That's another oft-forgotten piece of American history. The window of time when Mary-Kate and Ashley were sexualized before they got to New York and started dressing like Marjorie the Trash Heap, but instead of a compost pile in Fraggle Rock, they lived in a dumpster at the Chelsea Flea Market. For example, when they were on the cover of Rolling Stone in September 2003, their hair was windblown, their lower midriffs were exposed to the elements, and the caption read, Mary-Kate and Ashley, America's favorite fantasy. They even got the dreaded Howard Stern treatment, first in the year 2000, just days after turning 14. Now, I'm going to play you a little clippy, 
But remember, this is Howard. If you want to smash that 30-second skip button, please feel free. There's no shame in your game for not wanting to hear what's coming next. You're not missing much besides another reminder of the toxic curse of American misogyny. I do like to include these Howard clips, so there's at least some of us out there who remember what that creep was yapping about prior to the 2010s. No matter how many foster kittens he and his wife take in, we, the mighty few, will never forget. Okay, playing the clip now. Well, those are the two kids from Full House. The two, remember the two little girls from Full House? Sure. Well, now they're like 13, and they're pieces of ass. Oh, yeah, I've seen pictures of it, because they still no. are. They have such an incredible career. But let me say something. And normally, I don't look at a 13-year-old and okay. sexualize them. I don't. But these two are pieces of ass. They're growing up perfect. Are they budding yet? Uh, yeah. Oh. Their boobies are out. So, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not into 13-year-olds. Well, yes, you are. But uh, I don't know. You can't think you're not. <clears throat> no, I'll tell you why I'm not. On about the I don't look at them like, oh, gee, I want to have sex with them. But I look at them and I go, man, they're going to be great when they're adults. You have an appreciation. I have an appreciation for what's about to happen. Oh, oh please. I agree. Then, in 2003, the twins got the other side of the stern treatment when they were 17. After seeing some bikini photos taken with a long lens by paparazzi while they were on vacation, Howard decided that they're actually, in fact, getting ugly and their bodies are weird. I will spare you that audio. Okay, back to May 2004. The girls were on the precipice of legal womanhood, which was marked by the theatrical release of New York Minute. Produced by Warner Brothers, it was their first ever movie to be made by a studio and not Mary-Kate and Ashley's company, Dual Star. That meant that this time, the girls and their business people wouldn't be the ones calling all the shots on a film they were starring in. It was a test of sorts, to see if they could maintain their appeal and success as they made the transition from little girls in straight-to-video movies to mainstream adult actresses. New York Minute was a familiar story about two twins with a dead mom. One girl, a rebel too busy having fun to worry about the consequences. The other, a straight-laced square who has to worry enough for the both of them. Through their misadventures, they eventually grow to understand each other, realizing deep down, they're not so different at all. You know what I miss most about mom? That she loved that we were different. And you punished me for it. From the day mom died, you've done nothing but push me out of your life. I have not. Oh, come on, Jane. The biggest day of your academic career and you didn't even bother to invite me. Well, forgive me for wanting the day to be about me for a change. I make honor roll and dad doesn't notice because you're in detention. I'm elected captain of the cheerleading squad and dad can't come to one game. One game because he's busy going to your parent counselor meetings. You want to know why I went this fellowship abroad? It's because it's 3,000 miles away from you. Well, I really hope you get it then. Life is one big stay. Throughout the late spring into May, the two were on a press tour trying to promote the movie ahead of the North American premiere. But on May 7th, the movie came out to bad reviews and low ticket sales. The film cost $30 million to make, but the worldwide gross would end up only being just above $21 million. Despite the flop, their media blitz continued, 
and on May 15th, they both hosted Saturday Night Live in lieu of attending their senior prom. Here they are performing the opening monologue on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. here hosting Saturday Night Live. I'm not. Ashley? Well, I'm not. The thing is, tonight is our senior prom and we're missing it to host this show. That's true. See, we'll never know what it's like to ride in a limo and wear fancy dresses and have someone do our hair. Okay, <laughs> we get to do that, like, every day. Yeah, but not at a Marriott. <laughs> Later in the episode, Mary-Kate and Ashley plus SNL cast member Amy Poehler play paparazzi taking pictures of celebrities on a red carpet. In this sketch, they took the opportunity to address some tabloid rumors when two extras came out pretending to be the twins, while the real twins shouted at them as their paparazzi characters. Which one's which? Uh, Ashley's the one giving you the finger. Right. Are you hungry? You're too skinny. Eat a sandwich. Yeah, eat a sandwich. Eat a sandwich. Put your arm around each other. Stand back to back. Pretend you're Siamese. You one smile. You one smile. Ugly one. Give a thumbs up. Oh, boo. Eat a sandwich. Give a thumbs up. Give a thumbs up, ugly one. I heard they never learned to read. Huh? I heard they get paid in cocaine. That's what I heard too. Courtney. On Mary-Kate and Ashley's press tour, the media was way more interested in NK's potential eating disorder than they were in New York Minute. Here they are again on the same Oprah show appearance. I know, I, I know there's a new rumor that's recently surfaced has really upset you, right? Uh, you know, the one about eating. Yeah, you know, people are going to write what they want to write. I, we try not to read the good or the bad mm -hmm. because it just kind of comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. You know, either you're too fat, you're too skinny, and people are just gonna write what they... they what size think. are you, by the way? Size? Yeah, I always like to know. Sure. Sure. I you're not sure? Girls and, oh, you know. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> this was towards the end of Yo-Yo Diet era Oprah, just before she really settled on a weight. This was a slightly wild, scattered Oprah, just before Eckhart Tolle got his little hands on her. Listen. The early 2000s facilitated a lot of discord between women and their relationship to food. And how could it not, when the media covered a celebrity's weight like actual news? At this time, the attention Mary-Kate got for a potential eating disorder was relentless. By June, Mary-Kate could no longer outrun the rumors, and two days before her 18th birthday, which was also two days before she and Ashley would become co-presidents of their company Dual Star, MK got on a private jet headed for rehab. She was admitted to Cirque Lodge in Utah, a she-she facility known for treating other celebrities for drug and alcohol issues. Though Mary-Kate's people never commented specifically on what she was going into treatment for, many assumed it was for anorexia. But the Inquirer ran an article that alleged it was really for cocaine. As they put it, after their high school graduation, Mary-Kate and Ash did some partying with classmates. Then, just before the two were supposed to go on a celebratory vacation to Mexico, their father found coke in Mary-Kate's room. He made them cancel the trip, and it was a race against the clock to get her into rehab before she turned 18 and could refuse to go. 
Anonymous sources allege in the article that Mary-Kate did have an eating disorder first, and then the cocaine was a means to lose weight, which then became an addiction. Whether it was an eating disorder or drugs or both that put her in treatment, either way, it meant that Mary-Kate and Ashley would be spending their 18th birthday without each other. Then, Ashley had to go by herself to promote the international release of New York Minute. Now, I've, uh, <laughs> uh, lovely to see you. You look wonderful. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry, you know, I couldn't be there. That's all right. I was going to say, obviously, a lot of people are aware that um, uh, you and your, your lovely sister, Mary-Kate, were to join us uh, live in our studio yeah. tonight. Couldn't happen. A lot of people right. know why. But fill us in. How are things going? Things are good. Um, you know, things are, things are good. Things are good the way they are right now. And how's Mary Kate doing? She's she's good. It's you know it you know actually kind of perfect timing. I know we're supposed to be there and you know um, be there with you guys, but it's kind of you know she needs to think about herself and take care of herself right now until you know before she could go ahead and you know please other people. So it's it's kind of worked out perfectly. Well, it must be good too because, you know, obviously you do have the, the film to promote, but it's obviously something that she felt she needed to do. So obviously a tough decision to make. Right. And so I'm here, you know, and she's <laughs> here in spirit supporting the film. And tough for you uh, and for a sister anyway, but also being a twin, seeing your sister having to go through something like this? Yeah, I think, you know, it, you know, it's hard, but at the same time, you know, we're so thankful that all of our fans and um, and everyone are being really supportive. So, it's good. And also, too, because of you mentioning the fans, I mean, with what Mary-Kate is going through, is it something that you worry about mm -hmm. being, you are role models, the two of you and, and her as well, and you individually. Is it, is it something you worry about, about how this might reflect uh, upon people who, who look up to the two of you? You know, it's it's actually kind of funny that you say that because, you know, more now than ever have we, you know, heard from our fans saying, you know, it's, you know, such a brave thing that she's done. And, you know, so many people suffer from the same thing. Um, you know, it's not just, you know, it, it's, you know, so many people suffer from this. And, um, you know, we've gotten so much support because I think everyone realizes that, you know, it is a, you know, it is an issue that people, you know, don't necessarily always talk about or um, I don't know it's just it's a big issue and so the fact that she's you know taking you know responsibility and you know taking care of herself I think people really respect that and also good on you too because I know this must be tough I mean uh, although it's Mary Kate who, who is physically going through it you're the one who's almost putting the firing line in a sense so thank you very much for taking the time to chat to us <laughs> no problem thank you <laughs> okay so let's uh, move on please and give her our best too won't you okay Ashley also had problems of her own when she and her boyfriend Matt Kaplan broke up after three years. And according to the same National Enquirer article that I mentioned, very soon after the breakup, he started dating Lindsay Lohan. Mm. 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 You gotta hand it to her. She's never been afraid to pick up another gal's sloppy seconds. Lindsay, I see the Long Island in ya, and I respect it. Ashley was on her own for the next six weeks. Mary-Kate was originally supposed to stay at Cirque Lodge for four weeks, but as E! Online reported on July 14th, it's going to take Mary-Kate Olsen longer than a New York Minute to fix what's ailing her. And she extended her stay two more weeks. On July 26th, 
Ashley hopped back on the private jet to Utah and was reunited with her other half. Most of the summer was behind them, but they still had just enough time to hit up the dorm room section of Target. Then in August, they loaded up the private jet with their plastic stackable drawers and shower caddies and headed to New York. New York is the greatest place. There's so much to see. Broadway has the brightest light. There's Miss Liberty. Ashley wasn't the only twin about to live out her Carrie Bradshaw fantasies as a single girl in New York City. Though Mary-Kate's boyfriend, David Katzenberg, stayed with her throughout her rehab stay, by the time the two headed to college, they apparently parted ways amicably, which was for the best. He went to Boston University, she went to NYU. No college freshman should be schlepping back and forth on a Peter Pan bus to make that five-hour trip. Sure, stopping halfway at a highway rest stop where you have 10 minutes to pee and get some fries from McDonald's can be an exhilarating race against time, but certainly not worth the trip. College is a time for exploration, and Mary-Kate and Ashley were ready to take Manhattan. Instead of moving into the dorms, the twins stayed in a three-bedroom apartment in Tribeca, while the 6,000-square-foot penthouse they bought for $7.3 million was under renovations. They majored in, well, nothing. They were enrolled in the Gallatin School within NYU, where you can create and declare your own major. They never made it to the declaration part, but they did take a mishmash of classes. Mary-Kate took classes in photography and acting, and Ashley studied Italian psychology and architecture. Ashley even had an internship with then 24-year-old fashion designer, Zach Posen. He told People Magazine in 2007, quote, Ashley was present through a season in the studio, one to two days a week, and I tried to create as hands-on an experience for her as possible, says Posen, who accepted the former Full House star as an intern after she literally came knocking. She came in person and knocked on the door to get her internship, which is four steps farther than most interns go. She had that drive, and that's what makes someone special. Did you hear that, college students? Do not sleep on this absolutely universal pearl of wisdom. If you want an internship at a very prestigious company, you gotta march your little butt right over to that office, and then you better march your little butt right past that receptionist, and then just keep marching around until you find the boss and ask politely but firmly for them to give you the internship you rightly deserve. Bosses love when an anonymous 18-year-old shows up unannounced in the middle of a workday. It's fun, and it shows you have gumption. This is the reason why Ashley Olsen is a multimillionaire and you are a loser. She has the drive that made her special, and that's the only thing separating you two. Your bootstraps will not pick up themselves. Ashley wasn't the only young NYU upstart with an internship. Mary-Kate told New York Magazine that there were fellow students who interned at different tabloids receiving college credit in exchange for stories about the twins. However, the most salacious stories about Mary-Kate and Ashley weren't playing out in lecture halls. They happened out on the town, where by day, the twins were bopping around in their dumpster chic clothes and partying at nightclubs like Butter and Bungalow 8 by Night.
You could hardly go a day without seeing a new paparazzi picture of Mary-Kate or Ashley drinking a Starbucks and carrying a purse big enough to fit Jody Sweeten. It's hard to imagine them ever drinking something as pedestrian as Starbucks coffee, but back then, they were obsessed. In a 2006 interview with Mary-Kate for W Magazine, she described her daily coffee order, which was two to four Starbucks a day, alternating between a chai latte, a skim latte, or a red eye, which is coffee with espresso shots. Maybe this is where smug mouth baby boomers got the idea that if millennials just started brewing their coffee at home, we'd all have paid off our student loans by now. I'll give it to them though. That is a lot of superfluous coffee purchases. But listen, they were very busy gals and they needed their energy. There were term papers to write, met balls to attend, boyfriends to see. Boyfriends like nightclub owner Scott Sartiano, who started dating Ashley in 2004. Soon after, his business partner and genetic denim founder, Ali Fadarici, began dating Mary Kate. Okay, this is why elementary schools put twins in separate classes, because if you don't, you end up with this. Those relationships only lasted a couple months, and by the end of their first semester, the twins sold their penthouse apartment that they never moved into and instead got two separate condos. In 2005, their second semester and the following summer break provided a conveyor belt of never-ending tabloid stories. They include, allegedly, according to anonymous sources and eyewitnesses, one. As presidents of Dual Star, they had to fly every 30 days to Los Angeles to visit the headquarters and check in on how business was doing. Instead, they would lock themselves in an office for the rest of the afternoon and chain smoke until they could leave. Two, at the Met Ball that year, the twins got busted for chain smoking in the bathroom. Three, on their 19th birthday in June, the girls and some friends had a quiet sushi dinner in LA. Then, Mary-Kate flew back to New York and had her own celebration at Bungalow 8 with 10 to 15 friends that went until 3 a.m. Apparently, Mary-Kate somehow ended up in a cowgirl hat and made out with supermodel Natalia Vodianova. When asked for comment, their rep said, School's out, summer's here, and they were having fun. Four. At Naomi Campbell's 35th birthday party, Mary-Kate almost puked on Penelope Cruz. And five, the Paris Hilton drama. No early 2000s stories really complete without her. In April of 2005, Mary-Kate began dating Greek shipping heir Stavros Niarchos III, and she was smitten. It was springtime in New York. Romance and the smell of hot dogs wafted through the air. How could a girl not fall in love with the first billionaire she meets? In July, they spent a blissful vacation in Hawaii where they kissed on trampolines. But the summer turned to fall, and that September, as the leaves in Central Park withered and died, so did Stavros' interest in Mary-Kate. Meanwhile, Paris Hilton had just broken off her engagement to another shipping heir, Paris Latsis, and within days Paris, Hilton Paris, not Latsis Paris, was running amok around Los Angeles with Stavros. In her interview with W Magazine, Mary-Kate said that she had been the one to introduce him to Paris. Mary-Kate was heartbroken that Paris, who she considered a friend, was dating the love of her life but Paris would get hers when Lindsay Lohan would end up stealing Stavros from her, sparking a decade-long feud. This betrayal was too much for Mary-Kate, and in October, she announced she was leaving NYU and headed back to Los Angeles. Myself, 
but my heart's all in it. I'd be by his side in a New York minute. Again, leaving Ashley all by her lonesome. And when people are alone, they end up doing wacky things like dating Jared Leto, which she did briefly. According to In Touch Weekly, after MK left NYU, sources said that Ashley barely showed up for classes anymore, but she officially withdrew in 2007 to start The Row, a vision she had for a fashion line with basics like the perfect $150 t-shirt. Her internship with Zach Posen was obviously very formative. After Mary-Kate spent some time in LA trying to act again, getting parts in the show Weeds and the movie Beastly, she eventually returned to New York, and together they ran the row and thus began their fashion empire. Though the two still roamed the cobblestone streets of the city, as time wore on, we'd see less and less of the Twin Pixies. I blame the kids at NYU. They were given a special gift. They should have protected the fantastical little beings while they quietly appreciated the good fortune bestowed upon them. But they got greedy. It's like if you found out that Thumbelina had just moved onto your dorm floor and instead of volunteering to carry her to class in your coat pocket so she doesn't fall through a subway grate, you called Star Magazine every time she tried to hook up with a field mouse in Central Park. You were blessed with a once-in-a-lifetime enchantment and squandered it. Now we all must suffer. However, as elusive as they may be, some say the creatures haven't completely forsaken the ungracious millennials. Legend has it, if you travel to the Met at midnight on the eve of the ball, and as an offering, leave a bowl of cigarettes beneath a porcelain throne in the bathroom closest to the 82nd Street entrance, when you return, in its place you'll find a $5 Starbucks gift card and a Full House DVD box set. You'll never see them, You'll never know for sure if it was really them who left the bounty, but when you notice the faint smell of Elizabeth and James' dry shampoo lingering in the air, then you will know you've been touched by an Olsen. Do You Remember This is researched, written, narrated, and edited by me, Dara Lane. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a rating and review. You can follow updates on the pod on Instagram and Facebook. We also have a private Facebook group you can join, some early 2000s Spotify and Apple Music playlists, and Lay Do coloring book pages you can download and print. You'll find those links on the show's Instagram. And please, if you like the podcast, share it. Tell your friends. It's true what they say. It takes a village to make me famous. If you have any questions, comments, or show suggestions, please email this at gmail.com. So, you're invited to come back next week. You're invited, you're invited, you're invited, you're invited. We've got a table, and I've put you on the list for Lay Do You. Remember this. It's up to me, you are.